0: Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm our Neville Johnston.
1: And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the subject of friends and enemies. But before we get to that,
0: yeah, let's have today a look at in Mayan. Today in Mayan. Two Mm-hmm. And as we know from the two, it's the second day of a wave spell, and uh, those following the Mayan calendar that closely will know that we are in the Ahau wave spell. And um, today being the second tone is a day in which you do quite a bit of management of things.
1: New projects, for one, because Imex is the dragon and it's the very first tribe, and so mm-hmm. it's a tribe of birth. Yeah, so it's, it's the birth of
0: tribe. the management of your mm-hmm. project today. Mm-hmm. And they could also start a project in the... Mary and I are both in the tribe bin, and so today we are uh, in service as guides to mm-hmm. the birth of the management of the process. And also, it's a new moon, so there's quite a bit of firsts going on mm-hmm. in this particular day, and um,
1: indeed,
0: our program is very likely to be that way, because well. we have a completely different look at the idea of enemies.
1: Well, absolutely, the inner me's running around, as, as mm-hmm. the, we've said before, and you've written about as well Uh, one thing that I would like to point out is that friends and enemies are really the same thing the only difference between a friend and an enemy is that there's a lot of fear involved with the enemy the idea that somehow this person can or wishes to hurt you in some way is the only difference apart from that fear if you take that out of the equation it is merely people coming to show you mirror things back to you to help you along your path and if you start looking at the people that you call enemies in your life that way you're gonna gain a lot of information number one and number two is you don't have to have them in that fear category anymore because you know that they're your friends as well and they always have been
0: well we teach so very often on this show that hundred percent of everything that happens in your life is totally on your side everything that happens in your life is your idea This is the way it works. Once you can get that as the search engine instead of what's wrong with me as the search engine, which is the basis of what's going on on our planet at this time. Um, And in fact, you can even do um, techniques of timing yourself. I recall that by the time the officer got out of the car and made it all the way up to the window, I realized the whole thing was on my side and going to turn out Uh, perfectly and uh, there was nothing at all the matter uh, to get notwithstanding still it was all um, of my own creation of my own idea of my own teaching so the inner me the enemy whatever it is you don't like about another human being is indeed what you don't like about yourself that's the way that works and if you can get that to be the forefront of the thinking I don't like that person They're homeless. Oh, well, that means I don't like the idea that I could be homeless. (laughs) Well, then I love that person for playing the role of the homeless person because one of we human beings had to do it, and because they're doing it, I don't particularly have to do it. So I love that person rather than am afraid of them. That's very much the principle.
1: Yeah, and and that's how your enemies are your friends because everything is mirroring something to you. Mm -hmm. So some people mirror joy to you, your joy, and other people mirror your fear. And it's not really about that person. It's about you getting the message. And it just so happens if you don't like the mirror of fear, you clear the fear out from within yourself, and the mirror then alters. Uh, It's like looking at a mirror and you're slapping yourself in the face, and you're screaming at your mirror image to stop slapping you in the face, they're not going to stop until you do, because it is just a mirror of you. And likewise, you are just a mirror for other people. And so it's not a matter of letting that get all, get you worked up when people are upset with you or have this drama going on in their head about what you are. You start realizing that every time anybody has any negative emotion about you, it's really a drama in their own mind. Because we get this set of rules or these expectations that we place on the people in our lives. And either they're measuring up to those expectations and they go in the friend category, or they're not measuring up to those expectations and they go over into the enemy category or somebody that is a threat. But when we start transcending those kinds of fear-based measurements of each other we transcend that and, and get up into a higher level of love and we can have our fights we can get angry we can get upset we can do all that we do in order to become higher conscious people but we won't hold these grudges like we did a show on a couple weeks back we mm-hmm. don't have to hate them and get angry at them forever because they didn't live up to either. our expectations
0: or create stress about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, we the human race in our subconscious healing, which is going on, have coined a new word, which is frenemies. Yeah, (laughs) frenemies. And uh, that is the point at which we can own, because it's a popular coin, everybody knows, frenemy, he's my frenemy, Mm -hmm. um, that we are cresting, we are beginning to recognize that there's no difference, that friend and enemy was rather... Um, a a room to walk through I wouldn't use the word important but nonetheless a room that we had to walk through to get to the idea that 100% of everything is on your side and when that becomes the uh, in all of us when that becomes the search engine that goes off instead of why is this against me or why is this otherwise something that doesn't serve me that we get to the point that we are this uh, soul worthy creator of our own reality and uh, we will hit an echelon that's unparalleled so far on this planet at least that we're aware of. Of course we don't speak ancient Egyptian and we don't know the level of consciousness that was downtown Cairo in 6000 BC but nonetheless uh, certainly in recent times a higher consciousness than ever before on our planet and it will just go higher and I believe every time civilization goes through one of these cycles, (coughs) we hit it on higher, the next one up. In other words, the civilization that was Lemuria, very advanced when it was the very advanced civilization, but I think we're a bit further along consciousness-wise. And so we'll, we'll actually start growing a different shape of skull in generations to come. So if you're looking at your kid and go, what's with that kid, why does his head look like that? It's because he's growing brain. He's growing brain the preceding generation didn't have. Take any generation we know, and, and they will talk about how much more advanced they are than their parents. We
1: Our skulls are bigger now. Yeah. I mean, they, every generation they do change. That's very true. Yeah,
0: yeah. The <laughs> ancient Mayans very specifically shaped, they, they found harnesses that were used to shape infants' skulls into cubes. And the reason they did that was that the symbol for the planet Earth, unknown to maybe all of us, certainly a large percent of us now know that the cube is the symbol for the planet Earth. (coughs) And so to adapt to their new environment, we're presuming that the Mayans came from other worlds than our own. Um, To adapt to the new environment, they figured they'd shape the kids' Well, a lot of tribes so did that, that, that so that they could
1: re- recognize. Yeah. A lot of them were flattened in the back, and a lot of them, uh, they would put the baby's head in these uh, devices. And, yeah, s- yeah. and each tribe had their own shape, and that's mm-hmm. how they knew.
0: <coughs> Another thing they did, the Mayans, was to uh, dangle a little ball in front of the infant's eyes so the eyes would cross on the baby so that they remained crossed. And as anyone may or may not know, when your eyes are crossed, you are looking into other dimensions, you are. Uh, I spent years doing that exercise. Anybody that's got one of those magic eye things, uh, you really do have to in the beginning practice to get that image to pop out and you do it by crossing your eyes. No one seems to be able to explain that to anyone because there was a myth sent through our society and if you cross your eyes and somebody hits you with a baseball bat, you'll stay that way. Well, okay. I think
1: the baseball bat being hit is the real issue, not the crossing of the eyes. I never heard that little thing. My, uh, what I heard is if you cross your eyes, they'll get stuck that way. Yeah. Or yeah. if you make a Well, I mean heard you had face. to get hit.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I never
1: heard you got hit. You get no, hit. you got to get hit. It doesn't no. work, otherwise. Well, I would have just done it all the time then.
0: Yeah. But the crossed eyes allow you to see interdimensionally. Anybody that wants to write that's interested, I'll send you a magic eye that'll activate both. When you cross your eyes, both (laughs) halves of the brain activate. That's what happens when you cross your eyes. Both sides light up. It is a method.
1: Well, what you're doing is you're letting each eye see independently, Mm -hmm. uh, and so then the brain has to work on those two images coming at a different angle. It really is an interesting thing. But and you it know fits you could, with our theme you could yeah, it does fit with a the theme in that we can start looking at our friends and enemies differently yeah. and really starting to look. One of the things i 've found is that when people get upset with another person it 's usually because they haven 't met up with their expectations like I was saying. Mm-hmm. We get so incredibly vested in what we expect of our friends like if they are late for lunch or if they do some arbitrary thing or if they're not perfect or if they accidentally get mad or some some kind of thing that doesn't fit with our little list that our friends have to live up to this kind of stuff then all of a sudden we kick them like kick them like drop kick them right over into the enemy category and we're really quick to do that and so what i would suggest is everyone really acknowledge your friends and let within yourself, not even to them so much, but acknowledge them with you within yourself and allow people a little slack, a little leeway because we're all on our journey. We're all here to learn and grow, and we all move through our human experiences with each other to grow. And then we have those moments where we move in and, and look within as well.
0: Another interesting word in our language is opponent. And I believe it's very apparent that opposite and opponent really have the Mm -hmm. same origin. And um, we've said in the teaching of trinities, which we've done so many times on the show, the premise of thinking, right now we think in opposites. We do that extremely well. We, the human race, at this point, are quite bipolar. That is to say we're happy or we're sad, we're up or we're down, we're back or we're forth. We're in one bouncing constantly between two extremes. And um, the other word for that is, of course, illusion. And in um, fact, uh, duality. Duality is another word for that. And that's the way our brains think. Our brains think in duality. And, of course, a uh, <coughs> concept like friend and enemy and the idea of opposition. Okay. So uh, the principle of Trinity is that any two things that you think are opposite, there's a third point of view that lets you recognize those <coughs> two things as the same thing, as in good and evil are both teachers, as yin and yang define each other. Uh, you cannot have yin and yang without, you can't have just yin or just yang. You have to have them both to have the, do the, the thing to actually function. So op- as soon as there's opposition, uh, switch to trinity thinking.
1: Well, that's a, that's a good idea. And yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing with the friend and, and, exactly, and anything. Exactly, yeah. But, um, this is another aspect. Well, of like it. I was saying, to acknowledge your friends mm-hmm. within yourself, to see that they're human. Mm-hmm. We were brought up to, to think that it was all good or all bad. There were yeah, either yeah. Wearing a white hat or a black hat. And so everybody has to be cast into one of those characters in our mm-hmm. life all the time. This would be a good time to just remove hats altogether and let us be free, maybe even beyond uh, the Trinity. I'm still shooting we at just, the guy in the gray yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah that's what I, was, I was thinking the gray hat, but that doesn't really speak either. I think it's to remove the hats, but also to acknowledge the enemies as your friends, as, as a teacher, as the even the petty tyrants that come through our life, yeah. like that evil supervisor that takes away everybody's benefits and stresses everyone out everybody serves a purpose and is teaching you something. And so to see everyone as a teacher, it encourages us to give respect to everybody. That doesn't mean we have to put up with what's going on. That doesn't mean that we're to lay down and let it take over. What it does mean for us to make a decision and make a stand.
0: Yeah, uh, the idea of recognizing your enemy as your friend is not weakness. I heard so many people, you know, thinking... Mm -hmm. That, that Oh, come on, that's a very weak... No, not at all. That's actually an extremely, extremely strong way to think, to recognize, because you come from an unlimited power source when you recognize that person, not as the enemy, that as the person who came here to <coughs> assist you to um, be searched when you go to the airport, you know, stuff like that. Because you wouldn't have done that on your own, I'm sure. But nonetheless, it is of great strength to regard someone as a friend. And it is equally not as strong to think in terms of enemies because you're going to find them. That's the thing. And uh, I'm not going to argue with people that don't want to believe. Change the channel then. Uh, it's just not my job well, to do that. Well, just don't
1: argue. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that's arguing. You know what I mean. I, yeah. I, I think that everybody really does get this, that... Yeah. It's not a weakness at all. As not a matter of fact, all. to fight an enemy is really a weakness because what you're fighting is that truth within yourself. I mm-hmm. saw something on TV recently where one of the people was really unfair. It's irrelevant what it was. <clears throat> she was being very manipulative and and all these things. And for a moment, I got angry with, with what she was doing. And I thought, that's so unfair. Look how she's treating that person. And I started thinking about it in my mind and even as I started thinking about it I realized that her anger at this other person was really her being angry at the vulnerability within herself
0: yeah. and
1: how can I even get mad at her for being mad at her vulnerability when the best thing I could do for her is to remind her that she's mad at her own vulnerability and to love that part of her that there's great strength in being vulnerable and so you really just, just in that moment The anger at me, even like a a third party, just acknowledging this principle that I'm speaking of, it made the anger turn into love immediately. It was like snapping my fingers. The anger turned into love, and I saw she's afraid. Everybody that gets angry, everybody that's mad and ostracizes people or does that, it's because they're afraid. So look at the truth of what's going on instead of the guilt. We are so programmed to feel guilty. If somebody isn't loving us, it has to be our fault. We have to be unlovable because we're taught from the very beginning that there is this original sin and that we're born bad and we've got to do all these good works and then we'll be lovable. And so that gets into the deep subconscious. So when someone's mad at us, we immediately act guilty but this takes care of that too because if someone's mad at you, you can see it's about them and then it enables you to send love to them as well.
0: Yeah, we would serve ourselves very well to develop an acute awareness of guilt behavior because all of you know, feared out worry, and guilt, which we've said so many times on the show, are always, I can't handle it if. And guilt is particularly insidious because Uh, Guilt is a type of thinking that is not very conscious at all, and it is a form of manipulation, and it is the refusal to actually haul off and think. It is easier to be guilt-ridden than to actually stand up and think, than to actually have integrity. Uh, And the primary example that we may use is you get out of bed in the morning... um, because if you don't, you'll be guilty of, and it's an endless list of what you'll be guilty of, uh, instead of uh, awakening and going, oh, the, the, another day, what a delight, what shall I do with this sacred opportunity that is a new day? And then you would begin to think about what you might do with the day, but you don't do that. You react by going, oh, I better get out of bed before I'm accused of being a slug of bed or uh, an assortment of other insults we have available in the immediate language. But to actually, um, to have integrity is to actually think, which we don't do. To have integrity is to have character, which we don't do. Now, you can get there far more easily through the idea of setting aside a part of every day to meditate rather than to just pass the time as quickly... Yeah, as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, that's a good one. Meditate or vegetate. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to make that choice, and you're more than likely going to vegetate. And you, you know, the commercial, not our program, but commercial television is designed to vegetate you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the commercial television is designed for vegetation. It really is. There's the bad guy. I really. Don't care for the bad guy. I now have to wait for the end of the show to make certain that the bad guy is reasonably beat up by the good, good guy. guy. And uh, so, uh, and how uh, 18 years solid, eh? Mm. So it's uh, okay that to hit thing. And,
1: and beat up other people as, as long, long as, they're as they're the we bad guy. determine that they're evil or they're bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And in reality, they are only assisting us to become better. Is it, no, there's no good and evil for, that's for children to think that way. Uh, we as adults can think mm-hmm. beyond that point. Now that Please, doesn't mean to not act
1: it. on our own behalf. I just that's yeah. something else yeah. I heard um, from the Someone audience, saying, so to speak. Yeah. but that's okay.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's because we think that, okay, if I'm not beating them up and making them the bad guy and, and letting the good guy beat the bad guy, then the bad guy's going to run amuck. The thing is, is if we stop making those compartments that people have to be in, either us putting other people in or us putting ourselves in, then we don't have those bad guys. They just don't exist. But if you are around something that is not serving you, then it is up to you to really take care of yourself and do what, you, what is best for you in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And being loving is, is very strong because you're also being loving of yourself. And if you're loving of yourself, you're not going to let people walk all over you. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be from the defensive stance. It's going to be from the power stance.
0: Yeah, let's have some people call in and talk about uh, what it is. Yeah, what it is that Mm -hmm. um, if you don't understand about the friend-enemy thing, please call us and ask us directly because this is um, uh, an advanced understanding that we'd like to assist people with, uh, I would call upon the uh, remembering of the Batman movie where Batman was beating up the Joker because the Joker was in the recent one, The Dark Knight, uh, was beating up the Joker because the Joker was mean and evil, etc. And the Joker was laughing his posterior off because Batman was in violation of all of Batman's principles in order to, and that was the point of the movie. It and was That's a why very that good scene Batman comes movie. back to me is that uh, the joker was absolutely right. The the man who was uh, so, so powerfully good uh, was uh, easily mm-hmm. knocked out of his own socks by virtue of um, the understanding that you can't do anything to uh, defeat that, that the, the way you defeat it, as though it wouldn't have feet when you were done, was to have actual integrity. But the one-legged le- man that... Go ahead and do that, <laughs> and then I'll... Finish the, yeah, uh, for Batman, whatever that was about, um, oh, for Batman to have integrity, which he did a good job of not having. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith, what can we do for you? How are you?
1: Good, how are you doing? Great, thanks. I was thinking about the frenemy thing um, recently, and I was just saying, uh, just thinking to myself that I see it as something very negative. You know, that it's just, um, it's about pretense and people sort of pretending to be friends when they're really competing. Yeah. And yeah. a lack of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's, you know, I just, it'll well, be like duplicity. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm not sure what how you were referring to it before, but I, I do agree with that. And as you can tell, that a frenemy under that... Um, description there is really a friend that has a lot of fear so one asks is the friend masking this this enemy underneath or is it that enemy that's the fear that's stopping the love from being there completely and so it's really a matter of how you look at it is the background white or is the letter black that's on the wall like Mm -hmm. if we were to write There's a lot of those going on. And I am putting forth that the love is there all the time, Mm -hmm. but that fear steps in the way so that if you look at things like that and say, okay, if they're being disloyal and various things like that, first ask yourself, is my rule of loyalty, is that really something I can expect of another person? Or is that something that I... um, Like I've seen people get really mad and never talk to someone again because they made the decision to go somewhere else on their birthday and never talk to them again. And, and, and I don't know. It's for each individual to say whether that's a really good uh, reason for kicking someone out of your life. It would be up for those people. But if you ask yourself that and then still feel they're not for you on your side, then it's up to you to protect yourself. Or not protect, but to honor yourself, to walk away from that. But when you see the fear, you can go after really the real issue
0: well there's a lot in this to Mm -hmm. um well first of all since fear let me back up right to the beginning Mm -hmm. again then uh the lack of loyalty is in reality edith the idea of we're asking people to see this as the reflection of themselves that there's no other person involved in this other than yourself so if it is the lack of loyalty and this is not about you personally we're, we're just talking about the principle of seeing these things very clearly. So if we are saying it's a lack of loyalty, then it is within ourselves that we are not loyal. You f- Edith, you follow mm, what I'm I see
1: what you're saying. It's a reflection. Yeah.
0: yeah, they are reflecting that back. So you want to love them for doing that. As, uh, but we fall to this um, duality of illusion, and we reject them, for what we don't like about ourselves in other words what you hate you recreate what you don't like about another person is what you don't like about you and i don't know where i it recently gave the example if you don't like the homeless then that's the part of you
1: that's afraid of being homeless
0: yeah exactly that you could deal the cards in such a way that you would end up homeless and therefore that person upsets you because they made a decision you weren't going to make the decision you weren't going to make that decision to become homeless. So you want to love them for doing that. That's the point of our program, is to achieve a a much higher frequency of... uh, And and we're all works in progress. not saying that we achieve this all the time, but at least it can be verbalized. Just let me finish the uh, other point that I wanted to make, was the, the difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness of the person perceiving the situation. So if it looks like fear, then it is. Um, uh, I use the example of you're in a car, and the car is going towards a brick wall, and if you know nothing of brakes and steering wheel, that's frightening. But since you know about brakes and steering wheel, uh, it's just information, and not even particularly interesting information, because you know enough that you won't get caught in it. So this idea of being bigger than the situation, okay, and even being bigger than being bigger than the situation, meaning that uh, I'm not talking about an ego perspective on the whole thing, but that you, just, you have this new filter that you put over your reality, and you see, oh, that poor one is, is doing this because, well, if you have that much of a filter up, you see something happened in their childhood, and you, you can feel that you can be the person that is the loving adult to take care of that person, rather than the one that throws them away, because if you throw them away, you've got to straighten it out between lifetimes, and then that makes for a messy yeah, that's future my point. lifetime. That's, that's my point. Yeah, I, I really agree with
1: that. No, no, yeah. I mean, uh, what you're saying I think it's very important. Uh, a lot of people don't agree with me on that. Oh. They think to just end it, cut their heads off, so to speak, and just be done with it, but it really doesn't let you be done with it because it's not a matter of the other person. And you brought up a really good point on loyalty. I just wanted to say something before we got on to this other very good topic. that um, I, I was thinking about that. And loyalty really equals the way we commonly think of it. Loyalty equals proof to a fearful mind. And what I mean by that is we expect these certain actions of loyalty in order for us to trust that that other person isn't out to get us. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we are biologically programmed to be afraid of other people or to be afraid of things that are unfamiliar to us. That's what kept us alive for millions of years and got us to the place where we are. So we do have some of that pri- primal tendency within us, but it's just really a thought away, a decision away to not think that way anymore, to not be afraid. Mm-hmm. So even in loyalty of our very, very dear friends that we can trust because they're loyal to us, they have our back. Even that is a construct of fear, if we think about it in those terms. So being loyal to yourself is paramount because you were right. You also brought up the idea that the mirror, like people have asked me, well, how is the mirror that my husband's an alcoholic and he's abusive, how is that a mirror? Does that mean I really hate myself and I want to beat myself up? It's like, well, maybe on some level you believe you deserve that or whatever. And there's also the guilt that comes in with this loyalty issue. If somebody isn't loyal to us and it, it resonates with us um, and we h- hate that person or angry at that, it's because we hate that part of us that could be disloyal because sometimes we have to be disloyal to someone else in order to be loyal to ourselves. And if we follow that external loyalty rule like we're talking of, then sometimes we'll have to not be loyal to ourselves. So we can't really follow our path of loyalty to self if we make the rule that we always have to be loyal to other people. So it's a very good topic just to discuss. No, is,
0: it, whenever well, thank you very much. I'm
1: going to hang Thanks. up. Thanks. Thanks,
0: Eden. Okay, yeah, thank you for calling in. Uh, and yeah. we'd love to hear from you again and very soon, to be sure. Uh, and just want to add, as long as we've uh, got the floor open enough to interview the idea of adding a different filter to the way you're perceiving reality, as in fear or information just being the level of uh, consciousness involved, whenever there is guilt... You have unearthed a place in which you have not thought. There has been no real integrity involved in your thinking. You have been put to sleep into an unconscious form, and you are acting out, selling your organs for Cheerios to feed your kids. That's uh, (laughs) sort of a common joke. Uh, But the idea of uh, uh, that if you're guilty, you are stone asleep, and it is that simple. And you're going to have to wake you up because, basically, I'm busy waking me up. Or, you know, what so, we do on this show is to provide you the opportunity to sell Wheaties your If Wheaties is the organs. breakfast of champions, does yeah. that
1: make Cheerios the breakfast of guilty people? Is that what you're saying?
0: Words to this effect, yeah. But the idea that if you can identify guilt, if you can in yourself say, oh, I did that because I felt guilty. I did not want to do it. I did not have any desire to do it. I did it unconsciously, I did it because I was guilty, then there is a huge piece of integrity missing in you. And you can snap your fingers as to figure out what the missing integrity is. Whatever it is you feel that you are guilty about, stop that immediately and think what's actually going on there because all manipulation is guilt manipulation and guilt is a lack of thinking. Total lack of thinking, as in i 'll get up to embrace the opportunity of a new day conscious rather than thinking. I will get, yeah, conscious thinking well yeah
1: because sometimes that thinking
0: is uh, yeah, the fear the, the guilt involved, yeah, so I will get up to embrace the possibilities of a new day rather than getting up because if i don 't I will be regarded as genetically inferior by my peers or whatever that might be that's you know the, the negative motivation that's getting you to do something instead of the positive of the integrity of the character of the um, staunchness about you of, and there's another word that's about to appear which is wow. strength of the person rather than see guilty people are very weak people and they're very easily frightened and manipulated. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to be that person? Do I sound like your parent yet? Hang on. No, you want to be the person that, that is in integrity. Because if you are in integrity, really bullets bounce off you. It's the way it works.
1: Well, well, something yeah. um, peers. Peers. I thought of it differently, like the peers out uh, into the boats, ocean. Yeah. So if we look at friends our peers as really being the peers that take us out over the depths so that we can explore the depths and have a place to uh, format, like an environment to explore. People really do come in your life to help you explore who you are and to understand who you are and to feel. And so they're not to be taken lightly and discarded like garbage, and yet it's also uh, a great mirror to look at people and see what you're doing within yourself. Whenever you have somebody, as a matter of fact, I would um, give this to you as an exercise. If there's anyone, let's say at work or somebody in your life that you're in that um, enemy type of a relationship with, just see yourself, uh, number one, look at what they're doing to you and see where are you doing that to yourself or where are you giving permission for the world to do that to you by you not loving yourself and not being loyal to you and then see what happens externally, and send love to that person. Just send love and watch how things transform. I've told many times on the show that story where a person at work was, you know, people get involved in their own little dialogues with other people and create this story around this person over here, and they don't even know why everybody's mad at them. Well, this one lady was mad, and so I decided to send her love, and she just smiled at me, and then she stopped smiling, and then she smiled, and, unconsciously she knew that it was not an environment to keep hate alive it just wasn't growing because I didn't have a guilt or a fear involved in it it's like her anger sent seeds and they grew in my guilt but when my guilt wasn't there they just fell to the floor and they really don't take hold. There's a
0: comedian I was listening to that was talking about the idea that uh, uh, assorted races have words that you're not allowed to use and we're aware Mm -hmm. of that, except for the white race, which is interesting, because the white race does not act guilty about it.
1: Oh, like cracker and honky? Uh, Yeah. Because it just doesn't offend?
0: Yeah, it just doesn't offend because it's not in any way biting. Yeah. It's it's just, and it's a very clear mirror, just because it's such a clear mirror. In Australia, a really good joke is called a cracker, and this comedian was saying he had um, attended a, a comedy show down there called Cracker Fest 2010, and he, he had the <laughs> T-shirt that said Cracker Fest 2010, and he's wearing it in, you know, in New York, and black people are going, oh, God, there's just no, <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can do about this. You know, he's, he's into it. He's, he's calling himself a cracker because it's,
1: That is yeah. a very good thing, and, and I think... Um, Everybody could take notice of that or to, to hear that.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: there's something that offends you that a person could say to you, really, that's an inside job. Yeah. And let's not hold the other person accountable for it or, mm-hmm. or, or like blame other people because it's really up to us. If we love ourselves, someone can call me a picklehead or whatever, and you could just laugh.
0: Yeah, As a matter of fact, it then. reminded
1: me of an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine was dating a guy that was a bad breaker-upper. And the mm-hmm. only thing he could think of as they broke up was to say she had a big head. So she goes, oh, that's a compliment. That doesn't bother me if that's the worst he could come up with. But you watched her over time, and it started, like, pinging in her head, bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing. And so then she started wearing scarves and birds started flying into her giant freak head and she just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, place your attention But that was her taking offense to that. And Mm -hmm. so this is where we always hold the power. And that's the
0: principle that we're talking about on this show this evening. Exactly. That you can free yourself from you. You
1: Free yourself.
0: From you. Yes. And then what will you do? Well, I'll meditate about it first, I'll tell you that. But that is the way that works. And to... Give everyone the gift of calling a guide named integrity and just asking what integrity has to say. Like, If you discover yourself as, as responding, reacting in a guilty way, then just ask what integrity has to say about that and you'll actually get a few sentences and if anyone wants to write them in, I'd be curious to hear. Um, well, how I'll, this technique I'll also might po- work.
1: post on my blog the automatic writing about integrity I did about 10 years ago that oh, we read sure. on the show. because mm-hmm. I thought it was very powerful. One thing I'd like to suggest also on top of what you said is, is to really say to yourself that, say, I am my, my best friend. I am your best friend. Look in the mirror and say that. And then define what you mean by best friend. I think we are our own best friend, but we have these silly rules, like if you're not in town on my birthday or if you wear the pink shirt when I wanted you to wear the orange shirt, that's the end of it. Uh, Our loyalty is so strict, and even with ourselves. So we may be our own best friend, but when we mess up and we say something stupid in front of the cute guy, okay, you're not my best friend anymore, out you go. And then we start attracting people that treat us that way to show us that we are treating ourselves that way. So when we're our own best friend, we commit to ourselves unconditionally, we love ourselves even with our perceived flaws, then we can't help but treat everyone else that way. And because there's no guilt, we can't help but have other people treat us back that way.
0: No, oh, absolutely. It's a
1: mathematical formula, and it works flawlessly every time.
0: Yeah. And it is remarkable the ratcheting up we're doing uh, over the course of the many years of this program yeah, to get because uh, a lot of the things we've taught are now very common knowledge, which I'm very happy about. Um, and so, even common more,
1: knowledge, but maybe not common action yet.
0: Yeah, but that's what we can do, mm-hmm. uh, considering we have to speak in the audible language, even though we broadcast more telepathically over the show than anyone is necessarily going to acknowledge. Because, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, and and you do this when you meet someone who is um, a valuable role model to you, they telepathically communicate to you whether or not they are president of something or a movie star or whatever that is. There is this um, field magnetism wave, Uh, there's another word for it, but it exchanges electrons in your field, and you get a uh, ascending because of being in their presence. And then when you leave their presence, the, the frequency will eventually return to its native value. But then you can be the one that pulls it back up again, and that's what even we're talking remembering,
1: about. Even remembering can help. Yeah. Oh, I, I, something occurred to me that I thought would be really important to discuss during this topic or the mm-hmm. show. And that's ostracizing. And everybody has been that at one point or another. And kids, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, um, do it to each other a lot. But so do grown-ups. I've seen people in their 70s doing that. It really doesn't, doesn't know any age group. But ostracizing is just buying into the lie that you don't exist or Mm -hmm. that you aren't worth existing. Mm -hmm. It hurts when people dump people. And people use this as a weapon with each other where groups of people will ostracize this other person. It happens with chickens. It happens with animals. It happens with people. Oh, you know, I did that
0: to an ostrich once. Ah. Uh, Yeah. And he came back and really pecked me sincerely. Yeah. You cannot ostracize an ostrich. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. That. Yeah. That's okay. That was a cute different joke. Different animals well, do ostracize. Well, it's a lot true. of animals do. Yeah.
1: Um, dolphins do. I mean, a lot of ascended animals. It's just something that's basic and inherent within us mm-hmm. to do that. But we, once we know that this is a program that was used for a survival tactic, For millions of years, we don't have to have it anymore. Our intelligence, our consciousness can help us to take a step beyond that. Mm -hmm. But if you have ever been ostracized, and I think probably most of you have at some point, think back on the pain that that created within you. Now, what I would like to call to your attention is that pain that you felt was not from someone ostracizing you. It's from you being so easy to cast you aside by popular vote, that you ostracized you, and that's what that emptiness yeah, exactly. is, is really going on. Yeah. And so your guilt and your lack of loyalty to yourself is causing you to buy into those pain, painful things. Yeah. And so let's teach that to our children: how much of our pain is really self-induced? Okay, all of our pain all is of self-induced. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah, and that we don't have to do that anymore. And uh, what's also very interesting is the one million excuses we find not to live our life. We are, and, and ostracizing oneself is way up there on the list of what it is we do to keep from living our life, to keep from creating noise to distract us from what it is that we're doing. We're constantly doing that. We are constantly um, distracting ourselves from our own evolution from our own higher consciousness it, it goes on it's it's a game you play uh i'll i'll do this as soon as i'm done with the dishes what was it you were going to do after the dishes uh, i forget no wait them up again That's yeah i was going to grow uh spiritually as soon as the dishes are done as soon as i have finished this as soon as the uh, you know as soon as i've gotten that Tax form filled out as soon as I've gotten.
1: Oh no, now you've sent everybody into that spiral. No tax forms, no tax (laughs) forms.
0: Well, exactly, we have to get over this. Yeah, it is. It's time for the duck, and the duck is grinning, which is unusual. (coughs) I guess we'll get a bill for that. The lady's already got a bill.
1: Rick, Rick,
0: Rick, Rick. Rick, 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 Rick.
1: Slowly I turn, step by step. I got truth. You know, it's important to live your truth. That's really what integrity is, live your truth. And if you don't approve of your truth, you're going to constantly hide it behind something you do approve of. And Mm -hmm. that will always cause the conflict and cause people to come into your life to reflect your truth back to you. So, love your truth.
0: I got expansiveness, which is very interesting. In that we were, and I suppose then this is an indicator that it is possible to mm. expand on expansiveness, meaning that we are uh, habitually distracting ourselves from our advance, from our expense. Mm-hmm. We have the list of one million things. We, at the end of the lifetime, when you're jogging your papers and you're turning in your final, as you said at the final your term paper, your term to paper God. for the lifetime, uh, the biggest piece of paper in that entire. Thing is the list of reasons you did not advance. That is the single biggest placing of your attention that That's there good. was That's good. in your lifetime. And while it is apparently amusing, it's certainly not productive. And I know we have our callers in, so let's get some people. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please?
1: Hi, my name is Sally. Hi, Sally. Sally
0: what can we do for you?
1: Um, I would like a general reading from Mary, please. Okay. I'd oh, okay. be most happy to. I feel like there might have been a surprise recently or one coming up, and a good one, like maybe hearing from somebody or a family member coming home. Do you have anybody that's that's away, like in the service or anything? Is she still on? <clears throat> okay. Well, the first card, the breakthrough card, some people have breakdowns, others have breakthroughs. And really, if you think about everything in our life that happens that has this bundle of energy that we think is going to tear us down, it really is that bundle of energy to help us move past our blocks. And I feel that you've had some of that energy coming into your life. And the thunderbolt is saying that sometimes we have those great breakthroughs and that movement forward, but maybe some of the old mindsets or the old beliefs may linger. And this is a card to say just it's time to just really... Take power into your hands, even if that means walking away from some of the energy uh, and the belief systems that have, that you've been close to for a long time, just till you find your footing. and And speaking your mind, too, that can also be about that. And then after the air is cleared, then the harmony comes. And so I think that if there's been a lot of opposition coming into your life, it's telling you that you're not living your truth, that you're trying to modify your truth in order to make it acceptable to the world around you and that the biggest lesson there is to learn your own peacefulness and, and your own truth. And You are a very peaceful person and I think you'd be really, you are a really good healing energy for people. So, thank you.
0: And we have our next caller. Hi caller, what's your name please?
1: Hi, my name is Anna, I would like a Anna. reading please. Mm-hmm. Okay, be most happy to. Okay, let's see. The first card we get, possibilities. Love this card. The eagle is the highest flying bird and it gives you the perspective from above that you can see the whole landscape. And the sun, to me this looks like a sunset going to the west and, and I always see the west as release and possibilities and that that's really where you are but then when it comes to certain conditions or circumstances in your life you feel like okay i've got to land that bird and i've got to compromise and it's the kind of compromise where nobody's really winning and you're not happy they're not happy and so we look at areas where you feel you're compromising yourself and not look at the uh, whole scenario as if everybody can win and you can find that if you look always and then comes the creativity card the god the card that God, quote-unquote, whatever we want to call God, came to me in a dream saying you can throw away all your other cards. All you really have to have is this one because everything comes through this doorway. You have a lot of creative ideas. I think you've been holding back and deferring to others and maybe not speaking up and letting your opinions be known. But I really think that this is the time coming up because you got a lot of great ideas that that will really propel you into a different place.
0: And do yeah. we have another uh, okay. okay. I do uh, talk so many times about the daily meditation. I had an interesting one. Uh, in the meditation, I was had put forth the question of where did all the water on earth come from? Oh, yeah. I mentioned that. It was beautiful. I said that?
1: Yeah, but long time ago, so do it again.
0: Well, I figured it out this morning. The information finally came through. Whenever lightning strikes, the hydrogen and the oxygen in the atmosphere... Turn into water, so where there's uh, and there's uh, some incredible, like 18,000 lightning strikes a minute on the planet Earth. If we do the overall, so we are constantly generating more water out of the the biosphere that we live in, producing both hydrogen and, wow. and oxygen. So uh, while there may have been that much water delivered by water-bearing comets at that time in our history. Yes, not arguing. That's not the source of the water. The source of the water is the water.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, and it
0: keeps growing well, that way. It's that just kind
1: of is a parallel to the source of emotion is emotion, too, yeah. is love. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting that you would say that. And I've always been fascinated by the heavy water that was in comets. It's a different makeup, and it's, it's quite deadly if we drink it, but there still exists some on the planet, I think on the South Pole. Yeah, the and Canadian they were using, comets.
0: yeah, But I
1: thought you were referring to this other meditation you had a while back where you were interviewing the planet about the water, and it was really do, yeah. quite I, lovely. I do, yeah. I so daily
0: interview our planet. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I'm just talking about that one in particular that yeah. you had told, so perhaps another time, I'll refresh your memory later, and you can share that one as well. Yeah, it's really okay. beautiful.
0: So let me just to uh, say the the new book is out, and, uh, in guest. choosing the cover the cover for it, I had to choose, and I searched under Lightning Strike as the uh, search engine to find illustrations for it because the beginning of the book describes um, unusual lightning strikes let's say as the um, the formatting for where the the program comes from, but yeah, so the Dreamist. And if anyone is interested, to go ahead and email, and I'd be very happy to send you a copy. You can get it at Amazon.com, etc. And I believe we have another caller. Yeah, we have another caller on the line. Okay. So, hi, caller. What's your name, please?
1: Hi. Um, my name is Zabiva, and I would like to be Mary, please.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Be most happy too.
0: That is a great name, that's an inherently happy name. Yes. You cannot be sad with that name.
1: <laughs> yes, I would say so as well. Okay. First card we get is beyond illusion. That card has a special reference to me as well, and that is mastering, mastering yourself, going really seeing who you are. And I feel like your lifetime is about mastering, self-mastery and not so much of getting caught up in other sorts of details. And and sometimes that life really does bring about. Look, here we have the harmony card again. Really does bring about a series of um I would say, relationship-focused things, like we learn a lot through our relationships. And this harmony within yourself, whatever you have come from, you've come to a place now where you're able to see that, that harmony and that it doesn't really exist outside, it exists within. And that causes that breakthrough. I feel like this is true, but that there, there's something else going on with you that it's... Um, I would say it's like coming, you know, those TV shows where it starts coming like in a dream. I know we have the capacity to do it on our switcher. It goes like that. I, I don't know if that's referring to something literally within dreams, whether you are, are having really vivid dreams lately. Maybe pay attention to those, or if you've had a dream that you've been thinking of fulfilling. I just see you breaking out. It's like you've been living a lot inside, and now you're getting ready to come outside So, um, anyway, I think it's a very powerful thing. So, thank you.
0: Yeah, excellent. We're going to, by the way, be at Ruby Tuesdays. One more call. uh, One more call. After the show, uh, which is in Fairfax Circle. And we have uh, our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please?
1: Hi. My name is
0: Felicia. Hi. I'd like to get a reading, if you could give me one, Mary. I'd be Mm -hmm. happy to.
1: Thank you. And let's see. I just got a sense in my hands. I don't know if you make things or if you play music or something but i just felt like this incredibleness in my hands so if you don't you might want to look into it first card we get is the conditioning we're, we're so conditioned um, in even in our personality our personality is formed by the approval and disapproval of other people and i feel that you made a decision to step out of that and to really be who you are the king of the jungle the real self is not that identity that we've placed on ourselves by that approval system. And now it's time for you to share. And I don't know if you've thought of writing a book, but I feel like that's something that's really making me want to speak here too. So something for you to consider. This is also the card of the teacher and the teacher of higher consciousness. I feel like that's a big thing for you. It feels like it's something you may already be doing. So um, that would be confirmation if you've been thinking of it. So thank mm-hmm. you.
0: Yeah. And we have um, so much uh, for people here. We have um, uh, a lot of people are going to be volunteering for the show here to get uh, that taste of things. So if you are an FPA associate and are looking for a show to champion for a while, uh, come in. Always uh,
1: looking for volunteers. Yeah, always looking Camera for volunteers. People.
0: And anyone that would like to be the duck dangler. Uh, you can just pop on in for that, just yeah, let us know. Yeah, email ahead that you're coming and you would like to do the duck. That's very handy for us uh, in mm-hmm. that sense. But that's a unbelievably golden opportunity, and you can always bet your friends you're going to be on live TV. <laughs> and oh. that's a good bet, actually. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, check telepathictv.com. You can play with the inner wisdom cards and the spirit animal cards that I made that are mm-hmm. very positive and give you good advice. Um, yeah. And I'm going to be teaching EFT training coming up in the next mm-hmm. month or so. So watch and, the calendar. Uh, I'm going to Get be on at the mailing list.
0: Sticks and the Stones. Uh, yes,
1: we'll both be at Sticks and Stones, I believe, in late February or March. I'm f- uh, I'll be Beginning in touch March, with the date. Beginning of March, I think. Yeah. yeah, you'll be teaching palmistry there. Sticks yeah. and Stones is in Fairfax right on uh-huh. Little River Turnpike right there.
0: Little River Turnpike.
1: L-R-T.
0: LRT. Yes. Yeah. And come join us if you're not doing anything. It was our joy and and honor to to take you to the door. Come out into the uh, evening and meet us in person. Come to Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Snorkel. Uh, Bring a tank of oxygen, possibly, which can be fun for the snorkel.
1: Oh, for the snorkel.
0: Yes, for the snorkel. And uh, we'll be teaching crystals coming up. And uh, this is the waveform generator, which may tickle. And uh, (laughs) be careful, it may tickle and stuff like that there so thank you for joining us